Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Attention all dentists and business owners. Get ready to create profit and a life of prosperity. It's Dr. Doug Radio on W4CY Radio. And here's Dr. Doug. Good morning, West Coast, and good afternoon, East Coast. I have an incredible guest with me today uh, by the name of Sean Smith. Sean, you there? I am here. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can. Uh, can nice. you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Perfect. Hey, uh, daylight saving time. <laughs> you know, it just hit us this last week, and it's like it, I can never figure out when it is. So you guys are also on daylight saving time, right? Yeah. I, I never know either when we're on daylight time or normal time. or Yeah, I, I'm with you. <laughs> well, <laughs> but we yeah. did move our clocks the other day. I know that. Well, we moved our clocks on Sunday, and we missed church because we forgot that it was daylight saving time. And it's like, oh man. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's kind of fun. I guess what are, what are the states that are not on daily daylight saving time? Is it uh, Arizona? Arizona, yeah. And then there are some places I don't know in the U.S. but other parts of the world that change their clocks at different times of the year. Like not even I don't know why the world just can't get together and just decide to do away with it. Uh, drives me crazy, but anyway. So, <laughs> hey, so hey, thanks for being on the show. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. For 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 those that are listening, uh, Sean is a good friend of mine and has been my personal coach for years, and and I really appreciate that. And he's just got some incredible insights. So, Sean, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, it all started when I was six months old. <laughs> no, I won't go back that far. Um, but I will go back to the the most significant moment in my life that really paved the way for what I'm doing now is when I was 13 years old, I was hit by a car as I was traveling, as I was riding my bicycle to school. And the car was doing 50 miles an hour. It flipped me over the hood. Uh, I blacked out and came to in the middle of traffic. And, um, and my leg was almost severed because of the impact of, of the bumper. And I obviously survived the accident. I shouldn't have if you take a look at the details of the accident. But it really taught me, Doug, that you know, no matter how excited we are in life, no matter what's going on, no matter what our circumstances are, we're not promised our next breath. And life can end at any moment without warning. And so I learned in that instant that, that, that I might die, you know, that I will die, that, that I, but I could die any moment. I started to see the world through mortal lenses because up until that time, I think I was like most 13-year-olds, you know, I was invincible. But after that accident, I started to look at everything differently, my parents, my friends, success in general. I started to read books and study goal setting and I just changed a lot of the focus of my life. I stopped hanging around certain people and I made a promise to myself that if we only have one shot in life that I was going to do whatever I could to 
be proud of how I lived, right? To not settle for mediocrity. And so I made this whatever it takes decision. And I think a lot of people have, especially your listeners who are entrepreneurs. I think anybody that takes control of their life in that way and says, I want to be a business owner. I want to control my destiny and write my life script. I think everybody's made some form of that decision. But for the next 20 years, I still struggled. And what I learned is that a decision won't change your life. And just having the willpower won't change your life. You know, I, I had the work ethic. I had this desire to do more. And yet I was still struggling and I was still underachieving. And then roughly 11, 12 years ago, I was in a personal development seminar. And, and pretty much all of my big breakthroughs uh, start with that statement, right? I was in a personal development seminar and we did this group exercise about our goals. You know, what do we want to create in our business? And I just came face to face with these internal blocks that I had. You know, I started crying and, and I couldn't figure out why I, I couldn't achieve these, these goals that I had wanted to achieve for so long. And I had help from a coach that pulled me aside, actually pulled me outside of the seminar room and did a, a very short coaching process with me, this guided visualization and, and, and helped me identify what the blocks actually were. And it just changed my life uh, incredibly. You know, I came home, my wife saw a different energy in me. My friends said I was smiling too much. You know, they weren't used to all this, this uh, aliveness in me. And I started to achieve. You know, I started a, uh, a personal development company. I started speaking. I eventually started coaching. Um, you know, we've done millions of dollars in that business. And it was all because I shifted my beliefs. You know, I didn't understand at the time what was happening. But after I had that personal experience, I just started studying everything I could about the mind, the unconscious mind, neuro-linguistic programming, why do we sabotage ourselves, how can we get rid of these internal blocks. And so that's what I've been doing for almost uh, a decade now is why do we have this incredible power as human beings and we have all these desires, we have these goals that we want to create and we don't do it. You know, it's, it's a fascinating question to me and it really all comes down to our unconscious mind and specifically our beliefs. You know, we, I, I like to say it's all BS, right? And the BS stands for a belief system. Uh, our lives, our business success, our relationships, everything in our life, every circumstance will be determined by our belief system because we can never outperform our beliefs. And that means we can't have more in our life, whether it's abundance or happiness or money or whatever. We can't have more in our life than what our beliefs are allowing for. So that's what I've been studying and, and my experience. And as, as you mentioned, I've gone on to, to do uh, coaching and, and now I do private coaching, group coaching, just mostly in this arena specifically with entrepreneurs and it, it's just a fascinating I know you share the love and the deep curiosity and fascination for this this topic as well um, because it really is what has to happen for people to transform their lives well you know what what's interesting that I've found is I've worked with different business owners or healthcare professionals that Oftentimes, they're struggling and struggling and struggling with, with whatever. They're not seeing the results that they're looking for. And yet, they really don't understand what's holding them back. Yeah. Uh, they, they tend to blame everything, whether it's circumstances, economy, employees, whatever that happens to be. When in reality, uh, it, it goes to that very thing that you're talking about, the belief systems, but uh, how does one make, make them aware or help them to really understand and actually believe where it actually becomes something for their reality that they can believe uh, that, it's that type of it's that type of thing that is actually stopping them from achieving what they want to achieve? Yeah, that's a great question. And without that awareness it's really difficult for people to make any of these shifts. You know, you can't change something that you're not aware of. And because of the way our brains are wired, you know, this is a biological 
issue that we're talking about here. Physiologically, our brains are wired to protect us from responsibility, protect us from blame, protect us from feeling like it's our fault, right? Mm -hmm. And so because our brains are literally hardwired and then programmed throughout our lives, and the distinction there is, you know, when I say hardwired, this is actually the physiology of the brain. And then programmed is our learning behavior. You know, how are we programmed as we grow up in childhood and then adulthood? Uh, and that's, you know, all the experiences we've had. But our brain is both hardwired and programmed to not focus on the actual issues, the actual problems, the actual conflicts. And so most people do go and go uh, throughout their whole life focusing on the quick, fix, the quick fix or focusing on the thing that is just in front of their face and blaming other people, you know, wanting somebody else to come help them. And, and we're not doing this intentionally, most of us, especially entrepreneurs. I think entrepreneurs take higher level responsibility than most people in society. But even if you take responsibility, you're still hardwired to not really be able to see the issue. So part of this is just to sort of deduce that you've got an unconscious challenge because most people would say that they don't really understand why they're not creating the success that they want. I mean, if we had a black and white look at everybody's lives, myself included, you included, pretty much everybody, we could say, you know, the reason you're not making the money that you want to make is you're not doing the, the right activities or you're not doing enough activities, right? So on a very surface level, we could all say, oh, well, it's easy. You're just not doing the practice building, the income creating activities, enough of the activities. But still, if we take a look at what we are doing, you know, most of us are taking action. Most of us are doing some things. And even the things that we are doing, it's not producing the results that it could produce. So anytime that you feel like there's a disconnect between the recipe you're following and the results you should be getting, and I would say almost 100% of the people would say that's true, right? Because number one, we just want more, you know. Uh, most people would say, I wish I was getting more out of my efforts. And anytime that we feel that disconnect, then we can pretty much just deduce that this is an unconscious problem. You know, there, there's a belief underneath here that is at play. And most of the time, we don't know what it is. I'll give you an example. I was just doing some coaching this past week with a very high-level client. You know, this guy has invested tens of thousands of dollars in coaching. So he has some financial abundance. He has a very strong, a very successful construction business. And he's a high achiever right? And so we were talking about something relatively simple, creating more leverage for him by hiring some employees, just two employees that will allow him to go after bigger markets, you know, et cetera. And pretty much all of us as business owners, we've had that conversation at some point in time, right? You know, yeah. how do I hire people? Who do I hire, et cetera. And we all know that we need more people on our team in order for us to expand, but there's always some resistance. So he had this resistance come up, and you know a lot about neuro-linguistic programming, Doug, and I know this stuff fascinates you as well. So as, as, as we felt the resistance, I just said, okay, time out. Let's figure out where this is coming from. And I won't explain the whole 30-minute you know, process, but basically when we dove down a little bit, he had this resistance around hiring a project manager that stemmed back to an instance when he was in grade school. Wow, you know, and, and it had nothing to do with business at all. It just had to do with fears because our fears become irrational and overgeneralized. So this guy had an experience when he was in fourth grade that had nothing to do on the surface with what we were talking about, but yet that's what was holding him back. You know, He was being held hostage by this irrational fear that he probably would have spent the rest of his life not knowing about. Right, or at least not knowing the connection that it had. He would remember the incident, but he didn't know the connection that it had, and here it is now affecting his construction business. And so it's very powerful. And what I found is 
no matter where we are in life, no matter how much money we have, you know, a lot of us tend to think that, that uh, millionaires or billionaires are somehow fundamentally different as human beings than the rest of us. And they certainly do different things and have different habits, but they're still human. And fears and limiting beliefs and all these things, you know, still work the same way. So um, back to your question, I think sometimes we just have to realize and deduce and just have faith that there must be something underneath the surface that's holding us back because whatever we're looking at is, is just not lining up. Like it just doesn't make sense on the surface. And then you've probably got to have somebody. I'm going to remove probably. You have to have somebody that can guide you to the things you're not seeing. You have to have somebody that can take you into your blind spot. Because if we, and, and, and for myself too, Doug, you know this. I mean, I am a coach. I've been doing this for 10 years. But I can't see my own blind spots. You know, uh, one of my favorite analogies, you'll, you'll like this because this is your industry. You, you could be the best dentist in the world. You still need to sit in somebody else's chair to get your teeth cleaned. Yeah. Right? So we need that outside perspective to find the things that we're just hardwired and behaviorally programmed to not see. You know, and what's interesting is, is you bring that up, and it's, uh, it's really fascinating that the belief, those belief systems, those, those sabotaging or limiting beliefs that are there actually are going to affect in areas that we wouldn't even have a clue Right. That there's any relationship to. I've I've had similar experiences. I had uh, I had a fellow that I was working with that uh, took him through some uh, some development stuff, and then he was just constantly battling on his business and not really achieving what he wanted to do. And and finally he called me up one day, and and we had talked a little bit about. It and he says, "Okay, Doug." He says, "I know I've got something subconsciously that's stopping me because I'm doing all of these stupid things." Right, And I'm going, okay, come on over. So we did the same thing that you were talking about with your client. And, and it was amazing to see what happened. Uh, when it was all said and done, he was in tears. But right. after that, I watched him make some in, amazing choices that, uh, from, a, from a professional standpoint that I don't think he ever would have made otherwise. And the next thing you know, he is in a different position just having an incredible time and being very successful and and who would have ever known that it went back to in in that particular case you know what I'm just not good enough right yeah we the the beliefs that hold us back that are are very few actually and and most people have the same common beliefs and at the core when you really go down to it it's some form of inadequacy, like I'm not good enough, as you just said. I'm not smart enough. Uh, I'm not pretty enough a lot of times for the women. Or something about success. You know, success will change people. Money is the root of all evil. I've found that almost every piece of sabotaging behavior can be traced back to one of about five or six core issues. And most people are doing all the work at the surface, right? It's, it's like, you know, if you imagine a tree, our sabotaging behaviors show up as the, as the, uh, the leaves on the tree, you know, because those are easy to see. You take a look at any tree, you see the leaves. I'm looking at a bunch of trees outside my window right now. I can see the leaves. I can see the difference in color and shape, you know, between the different trees. And so it's easy to then put your focus on and attention on what you see. But that's a big mistake because in personal development and in behavioral change, if all you do is prune the leaves of the tree, then you're not actually dealing with the roots, right? You're not actually dealing with what created those leaves. So in, in personal development, in behavior, when you just look at your habits, when you just look at your behaviors, when you just look at your sabotage. And that's all you focus on. You know, like a lot of people are focused on, I want to uh, have better time management. I want to have better money management. I want to not be a procrastinator. I want to stop being a perfectionist. Those are all sabotaging habits and behaviors. Those are not 
the cause, right? Those are the symptoms. And most people focus on the symptoms as though they are the problem. And that's why so many people stay stuck and they get frustrated. What we've got to do, if we really are interested in a true breakthrough, in a true shift, a fundamental shift that changes our energy, that's what I had, that's what you've had, that's what your client had that you just mentioned. When we're talking about a true shift, that has to happen at the core. It can only happen at the core. It has to be an inside out. You know, a lot of us have seen the, a picture of, a, of an iceberg, right? We're only about 10 to 15% of the iceberg is visible above water. The majority, the power, the strength of that iceberg is below the surface. And that's where the true transformation happens. And here's the interesting thing, Doug, and I know you've experienced this. I've experienced it both personally before I had my breakthroughs and professionally as a coach, feeling a lot of people resist this. Most people don't want to do that deeper work because they think it's you know woo-woo or they think it's too difficult or they think it'll be painful or they just don't see the connection or whatever. So they spend their whole lives doing the surface level work. And all they do is just make minor tiny shifts that generally don't last. But when you're willing to go after the roots, to go after the cause of the problems, then your transformation not only can happen and can be sustained, but it actually happens a lot faster than when you go after the quick fix. So you have to have the right mindset for all this stuff. You have to be open. You have to be willing to do the work. And then transformation can happen rapidly. So rapidly sometimes you don't even know what happened. You just have to look back and go, oh my gosh, like everything in my life has changed. And I don't even know what it is. You know, that's the, the miraculous feeling that, that people have all the time. And, you know, I think that, that, that is so true because a lot of times you look back and you go, wow, I'm heading in an amazing direction and what changed? Right. And they don't you can't even, even put your finger on it. Right. So, so here's, here's a question that I have for you. Well, in a statement too, because I, I remember once when I was working with my kids a little bit and, and from a kind of from a spiritual side, there, there was a saying that we like, which is, uh, you know, men, men should be experiencing joy. I mean, we were created and put here to experience joy. And, and I'd say, if you're not experiencing joy, then there's got to be, as you say, a disconnect somewhere between what you're experiencing and what you ought to be experiencing and what's causing that. So when, when we talk about business owners, when we talk about healthcare professionals, and, and they're, they're busy trying to make money, and it's really interesting, we're, we're such a society now that just focuses on, on money. And, yep. and making a good living. And, and obviously that's important. But as they're focusing on that and they're getting, what would you say are the emotions that one would feel that could be that red flag that if they were to really just sit back for a minute, take a breath and go, okay, so what am I feeling here that would actually allow them to say, okay, wow, this is a red flag that says there's something internally and subconsciously that's causing me to feel this way, which means I've got to look into this deeper. That's such a good question. I don't think I've ever heard anybody phrase it that way because e even in the question itself, you're focused on the actual cause. You know, most people are saying, what are the, what are the behaviors or, you know, what are the, just the observable red flags that I need to look at? And that's why most people never really put the target where the target needs to be is because they're just focused on the observable stuff. Especially, as you said, we're so programmed as a society to take a look at the money and the cars and the houses, etc. But the answer is the internal. And, and, and so I love the way you even phrase the question. It's what am I feeling that lets me know something's off here? And the first word that comes to mind is frustration. Okay. You know, when we yeah. don't have what we think we should have and what we want to have, that's going to create conflict inside, right? Because conflict requires two opposing forces. And so when your desires 
conflict with your reality, then there's going to be internal turmoil. And close to that frustration is going to be anger and some sense of pain. Now, how we feel pain is different. You know, so some of us might not actually say we're in pain, but we feel defeated or we feel like we're not good enough or we feel overwhelmed. And all of those on some level are, are a version of pain right? And, and fear mixed together. So anytime you're feeling some of those sort of powerless feelings, then that's a pretty good red flag that on an internal level, you know, this is fantastic, Doug. I've never even considered this. You and I have so much fun with these chats, don't we? (laughs) I know. I love it. So on an internal level, it's the powerlessness. The powerlessness lets you know that somewhere deep down inside, you don't believe that you can achieve what it is you want. And that's why you're creating the feeling of powerlessness. Because we've all had experiences where we don't like the circumstances we are in, and so we just change them, right? We don't get into this powerless frame of mind. We don't get frustrated. We just change it. It, it, it's, It's just that simple with certain things in our lives because our beliefs are not holding us back. But when we have this belief barrier, then no matter how hard we want something, we'll still feel on some level powerless and i've never hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I've never connected that. I've never connected the powerlessness to this piece. And, and when I go back now to uh, what I shared with you, my breakthrough 11, 12 years ago, I was in an event and I wrote down some simple 90-day business goals that I wanted to put on a seminar and I wanted to make X number of dollars, and I don't even remember what they were, and they weren't really big, lofty goals. But when I looked at those goals, I started crying because that powerlessness feeling hit me, and I and I was just fed up with wanting something so badly and not being able to get it. Now, not everybody's breakthrough has to come through tears, and and a lot of times it's not going to come through real deep visceral emotions. But anytime we feel some level of powerlessness, frustration, irritation, overwhelm, any of those things, then you can pretty much bet that there's a belief down below that's holding you back. That's the only reason that conflict will be created. Well, and what's interesting as you say that, what came to my mind was that when when you're experiencing that frustration or anger or whatever, oftentimes the the next action that takes place is you look externally at your environment and say, okay, what do I need to change? And so you're hiring new staff, you're firing staff that you think is causing the problem. You're you're maybe yeah, buying right. you're maybe buying new equipment or doing different types <laughs> of marketing or or whatever that happens to be. You're off there spending money trying to find a solution, and and I think that may become another red flag. If, if you find, number one, that you combine frustration or anger or a sense of powerlessness and then also observe your activities and see that you're, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're trying all of these different things and nothing seems to be working, that becomes the next red flag that it's an internal situation rather than an external yeah, you bring up a great point. Whenever we feel these irritations, it goes back to what we were talking about not too long ago, the, the natural reaction is to look external. The natural reaction is to search for some kind of quick fix to medicate the problem, right? And the answer is always going to be internal first. That doesn't mean there won't be external solutions. That doesn't mean that there might not be staff members that you got to fire. But that's not the first place to look. You know, I was, uh, I, I had a, 
a, a pleasure and privilege yesterday of interviewing Ivan Meisner, Dr. Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI. You're very uh, familiar with oh, him. Oh, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be actually interviewing him next month. Oh, uh, he's fantastic. And we asked him, how do you know as a CEO or as a business owner when you are the problem? And it's a very fascinating question because most business owners don't look to themselves as the problem. And his answer was very similar to what we're talking about here is when you're searching externally and you're blaming and you know, you're trying to get other people to solve the problems and it just doesn't seem to be working, you know, you've got to look internal. And one of the things that's really critical specifically with emotions like we're talking about is that you sit with the emotion. Because emotions bring answers that most people don't pick up because they you know, play whack-a-mole with their emotions, right? That's what most people do in our society. Oh, I got some emotions. Let me push them away. Let me avoid them. Let me distract myself so I don't have to feel the anger, the irritation, the unworthiness, the frustration, right? And that's the worst thing we can do. Humans are emotional beings. You cannot be a human being without emotions. It's one of the sacred parts of this journey, and it's one of the biggest gifts. And specifically in business, it's where our learnings come from. It's where we actually get answers and lessons that most business owners, and, and I find we as men do this more than women because you know we're not supposed to feel emotional at all, but most business owners especially the more, I would say, uh, kind of a corporate feel that people have. And that's not a, a negative judgment, but um, you know, you've got certain business owners that are all into the spiritual realm and, and woo-woo stuff like that. And you've got other business owners that are you know, more kind of traditional corporate world. And I would say the more traditional corporate culture that somebody's in, the less willing they are to, to really sit and, and look at their emotions. But if you don't do that, then those answers that, that you and I are talking about, those internal answers, just simply won't be found. So the best, things you can, the, the best thing you can do whenever you feel any level of emotion, especially the negative emotions, is just sit in the discomfort of that emotion and just watch yourself. I mean, I, I do this work. You know I've been doing this work for a decade. I had a gigantic emotional temper tantrum just this past weekend you know it's five days ago but did what i've record, learned did you record do, it i i did not record it <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been I, maybe that's the <laughs> next level of self-awareness right as soon okay. as i throw a temper tantrum pull out my iphone and record it but what i did do is i i just paid attention to it and i got through it a lot faster than i would have and something really super powerful came out of it but it was only available as I sat in the emotion. So that's an, a, a counterintuitive thing that most people are programmed and hardwired to avoid, and yet it's the worst thing they can do. And, and you know, Jim Rohn said something. I believe he was the one that said this, that you're going to experience pain in your life. That's mm -hmm. just the reality of it. But you have a choice. Either you're going to experience the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's, you know, that's where you're going. Here's what I find interesting, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this, is that, you know, we're talking about, and as you talk about corporate, I, I think that when, if we're, if we're talking to, you know, if there's some folks that are listening that are small business owners or healthcare professionals, they're really not, quote, at a corporate level. Right. But I think what you're really saying is they are the ones that are the drivers. They're the ones that are just focused on really making something happen rather than, as you say, the more spiritual woo type of thing. So, so here's the question. Yeah, I agree with that. It's affecting them as a business owner, uh, as the owner of a healthcare, you know, a practice or whatever that happens to be. It's affecting them personally. But here's then the question. What is it also affecting from the standpoint of the culture of their staff, mm. maybe even the culture of their family, but let's stay with the business part of it, the culture of their staff? How much of that do you think ends up bleeding out into the culture and into the, into the business itself among the staff? 
Oh, I, I would say only about 100%. Really? <laughs> uh, because you can't hide your beliefs. You know, we can cover them up and we can do some of the surface level, you know, behaviors, but ultimately you can't hide your energy and your unconscious mind where your belief system really sits affects your energy. And so even if, even if you're aware of it, which most people are not, but even if you're aware that you have this limiting belief and you try to cover it up with your language or you try to cover it up with being even more proactive with your hiring practices or your disciplinary practices or your time management, you know, even if you, you are aware of it and try to cover it up, it's impossible for it not to slip out. It's impossible for people not to feel the energy that you have and it's impossible for your belief systems not to manifest themselves. Given enough time, and this is a relatively short period of time almost always, given enough time, your belief system will manifest itself 100% of the time. It's, it's impossible to create an environment that is not aligned with your beliefs and that goes both ways. If, if you really truly have a, a positive belief system around business, let's say, and you bring somebody onto your team that has these limiting beliefs, they've got a negative attitude, they won't last and you won't have any problem removing them from your business because they're misaligned. The same thing goes the opposite way. If you have a very limited belief system and your negative unconscious beliefs are the ones that are holding you back, you're going to spit out the people that could help you because it's still, it's just misaligned. It's like the magnet doesn't match the metal. And so what most people are doing is they're, they're maneuvering the metal, right? They're, they're hiring different people or they're doing the surface level stuff like we've been talking about. The thing to do is to change the magnet. You've got to make sure that the magnet is appropriate for whatever goals you have, business, um, you know, business included. So it's, you know, I, I think it's a direct correlation. It might not be observable, especially to the person that's in charge, but it, it's impossible for somebody's beliefs to not create every ounce of their reality. And you mentioned home life. You know, it goes everywhere. It's, it's your relationships. It's your weight, you know, your body, your, your vibrancy, your health, and your money, and, you know, your career, and your self-esteem and confidence. I mean, everything is affected by your beliefs. And, and so, you know, I always think that any kind of transformation anybody tries to make, whether it's short-term financial or long-term spiritual or anywhere in between, if it doesn't include looking at and being willing to shift your beliefs, then it's almost useless. Well, and, and you know what's interesting, what comes to my mind as you're talking about this, is, is you think about the culture of a company. And, and here you have the business owner that whatever those belief systems are, he has created a culture within himself. And then it starts to, I use the word ble bleed, but it starts to go out among the group. Mm -hmm. Now, with your staff, with your, with your employees, I see that two things potentially are going to happen. One is you're going to have people that don't have that cultural or that limiting belief system, and they are going to get frustrated and upset and not be happy because it's permeating that culture, and so they're going to quit. Yep. Or you get that group that are going to, in some degree, if we, if we talk, use this word, they're going to enable and actually, in some sense, duplicate that culture. And all of a sudden, that, that business owner has created a culture that is now pervasive within the entire company or within the entire practice. And people are going to feel that when they come in. And it's because they are literally duplicating, replicating, enabling that particular limiting belief culture 
to exist? Yeah, culture is a great word, and it, you know because culture isn't observable. There are certain things that certain businesses might do because of their culture, but the actual essence of the culture really isn't observable. You know, that's how people feel. That's the loyalty they have, and all of that isn't tangibly measurable, but it is certainly felt. And it doesn't matter what size business we're talking about. You know, you could have a ton of employees. It could be a dentist office, and we could be looking at the physical culture as well, you know, the, the environment that people experience when they come in to the office. Or we could be talking about a small consultant business with, you know, one business owner and an assistant. The, the culture is so intimately tied to the beliefs that we're talking about that you cannot separate the two. And the culture, using the analogy that we were talking about earlier with trees, you know, the culture is like the soil, right? Yeah. And if you don't have the right soil, it doesn't matter what kind of seeds you plant. They're not going anywhere, right? And sometimes soil is appropriate for certain seeds, but other seeds, it's not. So there's got to be a match between that culture that, that you are creating at an internal level, and it's got to be intentional, and what it is that you want to create externally, right? And I know that's some of the stuff that you're fascinated by and you do work with, um, with various businesses and individuals. And, and I just think that is... I mean, you nailed it with that word. That's exactly what we've been talking about from a business sense is we need to go in and we need to look at the culture and what's directly tied to the culture and what will actually be creating the culture. It's your belief system. And we're talking a lot about belief system, but, but there's something else I want, I want to get your thoughts on, and that is purpose because I've, I've worked with people who have been very successful and you know, people are out there that are making a lot of money. They're very successful at what they're doing, and yet they're not happy. Ah, uh, yeah. And they're not experienced that sense of self fulfillment. What uh, what what do you think about from that perspective and, and address when we think about purpose and and how does one really discover that also? Yeah, that's another really really big piece. And it's also a little sticky, um, maybe not sticky, but, but challenging for a lot of people because it, it's another one of those internal ideas, right, that's not tangibly measurable. But if we break down purpose, it's, it's really the understanding that there's a, there's a reason for doing something. And our unconscious mind specifically needs a reason for doing anything and everything. And so at a very micro level, you know, why should I eat carrots instead of donuts? Like we need to know what the reason is for the decisions that we make, you know, simple decisions like that. At a macro level, it's why am I here? You know, what's my purpose in this planet? And somewhere in between there, is our business, right? What's the purpose for me creating the business? What's the purpose internally? Meaning, why do I choose to be a business owner? Why do I choose to have this lifestyle? And what's the purpose of our practice? What's the purpose of our business? Is it, is it to, uh, to, to heal families? Is it to help people have better health, you know, whether it's physical health in their body, um, you know, dental practice, what is it that is your reason for doing what you're doing? You know, it's interesting. I'm fresh off this Dr. Meisner interview yesterday, and we talked about that very same thing too. And he said it was, it was just a few years ago, you know, and BNI is over 25 years old. It was, it was just a few years ago that he realized and reconnected to his purpose inside of his business. And it was all about, and it goes back. It went back to, you know, something that happened in his previous childhood, or not previous childhood, previous life. You know, back back in the younger years, and it was just all about a deep desire to help people. 
And I think on some level, we all have that purpose as a desire to contribute to society, a desire to help people. Now, as far as finding your purpose, that's almost impossible, the way that we try to do it and the way that, that, that you and I are languaging it. It's almost impossible to find something in that realm. Because when we go try to figure something out, we try to find it, we're trying to do it with our mind, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. there are some exercises we can do that gives us an idea about what our purpose might be. But I've found that the easier way is to notice your purpose. Don't go out and try to intellectually figure it out or find it. Notice it. When you are on fire, when you lose track of time, when you're in that zone, when you have the feeling like, everything is right in the world because I'm doing this work right now. You know, when you find that thing that you would do for free and it comes easy to you and you just, you feel lighter, you got the bounce in your step, you're on purpose in those moments because the word that you use a little bit ago is joy. And that is what we experience when we are in our purpose. So it's really about finding the times in your lives or noticing the times in your lives when you are experiencing true joy and then take a look at what am I doing in those moments because I must be on purpose if I'm experiencing that level of bliss. So what am I doing in those moments? And as you just notice the elements that are present in those moments when you're in the zone, it's generally pretty apparent you know, what, what lights you up, right? And, and, and I think for most people, like I said, it's contribution, it's teaching other people, it's helping others experience joy or experience peace or just, you know, teaching them how to do something that you learned how to do. Um, but generally, it's some form of that. We all have our different details, but it's usually around that essence. Well, and that's a great insight. And what's interesting, uh, what came to mind is that as you are starting to identify those moments in time. And I love how you said it's just something that you kind of notice. It's such a subtle thing. And yet as you start to do that and start to identify what activities or what behaviors are causing that sense of joy and peace and and self-fulfillment, then you now start to create that intentionally at a higher level. And you actually start to, and, and that's why when, when I look at, you know, have a prosperous business, but what's the purpose of that? Have a prosperous life. And to me, prosperity means that you're really experiencing that sense of fulfillment, that you're out there giving, that you're experiencing that joy. And when you do, you're touching the lives of people around you. Mm-hmm. So I have another question for you. We, we yeah. don't have a lot of time left, but sure. real, we'll have about three minutes on this. Limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. Uh, I don't have value. What I find is some of the most successful driven people that have achieved a lot actually have that limiting belief. And in some sense, yes, it's, it's causing them not to achieve what they really could achieve. But at the same time, it's the impetus for them to be driven to achieve what they are achieving. So when one goes in and identifies that limiting belief, how do they identify it and yet still use it as a means of getting them to continue to do what they're doing and, and being driven to accomplish much good? Yeah, I think you, you – I totally agree with what you said, that a, a lot of us have that belief. And I think it's an actual – I think it's a healthy belief. I think it's healthy for us to question our value. I think it's healthy for us to question if we have the capacity and the ability to continue to grow because that keeps us connected to our humanity. It keeps us grounded. It keeps us humble. So I think the short answer in the time that we have is to not be afraid of that belief and to use it as fuel. Right Inside of this irritation and frustration that we find is – desire to be more than who we are, desire to have more than what we have and create more than what we've created. And that is going to always be connected to 
am I good enough? Can I achieve that? I don't know. And everybody I've ever talked to has that belief still. People like Ivan Meisner and Jack Canfield and you know these people that have been in this industry for 40, 50 years, they still have that in situational time. So I think you embrace it. You get excited that it's a part of who you are, that it's a part of you being real and being human. And then sit with the emotion like we talked about. But then the key is do something about it. Don't just sit there and focus on the emotion and get plugged into all the, I don't know if I can and I'm not good enough and this is frustrating. It's my staff member's fault. Do something about it that can change the game. And when you take the, the positive emotional irritation and then put some action on it as fast as possible, that to me is the magic combination. And what I wish for you, Doug, and what I wish for me and what I wish for everybody that is listening to this is I wish that you have that experience often in your life because each time you have that experience, you're going to go to a new level. And that's what life is about if you're really into growing and becoming everything that we can be as a person, as a father, as a husband, as a wife, as a mom, as a business owner, as you know, on a sacred journey that we have. Oh, thank you. And I have so appreciated having you on the show today. Uh, this, is, this has been fun. A lot of fun. I always love talking to you, and thank you for having me on. Hey, so if, if people want to learn more a little bit about what you do, what's the website they can go to? The best site is the main one, CoachSeanSmith.com. Sean is S-E-A-N. And they can poke around there and get on our email list if they want and uh, get notifications of what we're up to and what I have. Terrific. Well, Sean, thanks so much, and uh, look forward to chatting with you some more. Yeah, thank you, Doug. My All right, pleasure. take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. And folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dr. Doug Radio on W4CY Radio. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern. Until next time, together, let's create happy lifestyles one smile at a time. <laughs>